0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, good morning. This is Judge Lopez. Today is December first. I'm gonna call the nine o'clock case. Uh core scientific here on a hearing. Case number twenty two nine zero three four one. Uh the line is completely unmuted. Oh right, I'm gonna there's a little over forty people. I'm gonna mute I'm gonna enable the voice feature. I'm gonna if you wish to make an appearance, why don't you hit five star?
0: conference muted. Well, I
1: take appearances in the courtroom and then we will see where we are.
0: Good morning, Your Honor. Ashley Harper and Brandon Bell on behalf of Sphere 3D Corp. And we're joined on the phone by Greg
1: Wolf who will be taking the lead from our side today. Okay. Thank you. Good morning, Your
2: Honor. Uh, Jennifer Hardy of Wilkie Farm on behalf of the Official
1: Committee of Unsecured Creditors. Okay. Good morning. Anyone? I'm just going to go in the order in which I see them here. It's a two one two number,
2: uh, Your Honor. It's Mr. Uh, Zacharides from Wagacho I'm not uh, seeing the courtroom on my go to meeting.
1: I don't see you as well, Mr. Zacharides, But if I can hear you, we're we're in good shape.
2: Um, I apologize. <laughs> I am I am dressed appropriately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no no worries. It's a nine one seven number.
2: I uh, I believe
0: that will be me, judge. Good Oh, you got it. Good morning. Good morning.
1: Anyone else? Please wish to make an appearance. Just hit five star. Uh, Okay, who do I turn this over to?
2: I guess that would be me. It's uh, Mr. Seccherides. And again, I I apologize, and I don't know what's happened here, but um, it's okay with you. I'll, I'll proceed without the video.
1: Not a problem at all.
2: Okay, well, first of all, thank you for for hearing us on an emergency basis. We appreciate that uh, the court has a lot going on and and making the time for us is is very much appreciated. Uh, The motion that we filed is, one, to vacate the scheduling order in a uh, contested matter between the the debtors and a company called Sphere 3D uh, that has been pending for a few months and uh, consolidating Mm -hmm. that with an adversary proceeding that the debtors filed, I guess, about a week or so ago. And sort of a corollary to that would be to have either today or at some other point in the near future some kind of scheduling to allow the party defendants to file an answer or to move, uh, as some have indicated that they are intending to do so, uh, with respect to the the complaint. Um, By way of some background, which I'm sure you've had some limited opportunity to review the papers, but uh, this is a matter that arises out of a master services agreement that the debtors signed with Griffin, and it's Griffin Digital Mining. Uh, Sphere is not a signatory to any of those contracts. The agreement ultimately had two, what they call orders. First one was like a test order to see if miners that were going to be supplied by Griffin could actually work and that they were appropriate, and there was about a 100 of those. And then the other order is really the meat of what's at issue here, was for 70,000 miners to be delivered uh, by Griffin and hosted uh, by the debtors. It's our view that Griffin breached that when they either didn't have them or some of these miners didn't even really exist, but they never delivered uh, the miners, and our view was that that was a breach and no further obligations were owed. At the time, there were still roughly... 639, don't, don't hold me to the exact number, but it's around there of miners that Griffin supplied that were at court. Those miners are still there. And as an accommodation, given the party's uh, history, the debtors have been hosting those miners and at Griffin's direction, you know, sending wherever the Bitcoin is supposed to go. And the reason I raise that is because it ties into something that's important both for the adversary proceeding, but also as relates to some immediate issues that the parties have to deal with. That immediate issue is that our view is that those contracts are not executory. We're not, it's not part of our business plan to continue Hosting these miners, we have no intention to continue hosting these miners, and in fact, I think attached to either the complaint or, you no, know, it was on motion, was a letter that the debtors sent to Griffin. Again, as the only party that we feel we have a contract with, that effective December 18th, we are decommissioning and turning off those miners, and they should come pick them up. And I understand that folks from Griffin have been in touch with uh, the debtors about that. And I want to stress on this call that communications relating to that should flow through council at this point. This is something that the debtors feel very strongly about. The only entity we have a contract with is Griffin, and we don't want any miscommunications that can result in any unwarranted conduct. So since Sphere has made some statements that They had asked for these miners apparently in the past, and we refused to return them. And just on that note, we have no record of that ever happening, but it's moot at this point. Spear should have no issue with what we're saying either, but this is very important. December 18th, those miners will be turned off. If Griffin and Spear have issues as to whose they are between them, they should work it out. That's not our issue, but the two of them need to get together. We're going to deal with Griffin and we're going to get the miners back to them. And the reason why that's important for the adversary proceeding is because Griffin and Spear may have different views about whether or not what I just said is right in terms of whether these are executory contracts or not. So that's one of the claims that we have. We think that they're not, but regardless, even if they are, we're rejecting them. And if I have to make that motion like right now, then I'm doing it not part of our business plan, business judgment, to get rid of these, plus they say they want them back anyway. But if they then were to prevail that it was an executory contract and then file claims for rejection damages, those are quintessential 365 bankruptcy issues that would have to be heard in this court. And the response from the debtor to that will be the same facts and circumstances that are at issue in the sphere contested matter. This all comes down to what happened after these contracts were signed, does sphere have rights, did Griffin breach, did the debtors breach, what happened? All of those issues permeate the adversary proceeding, issues relating to the contract claim in the rejection context, or we say not executory to begin with, and in the sphere contested matter. And for that reason alone, frankly, Your Honor, the adversary proceeding and the Sphere contested matter should be consolidated. I know Sphere has different views. I know Griffin wants to file a motion to arbitrate. We think that would fail, but, okay, I mean, they're entitled to file the motion, and and we'll deal with it in the appropriate briefing. But what we don't want to have happen is we have a fight with Sphere. Griffin, who signed the contract, is not there. Either Sphere loses that they had no rights, in which case I guess the case would be over except for our damages, and I don't have to go after a party like Sphere who claims they don't have any money. I may be able to go after, or I am able to go after a party like Griffin. But I can decide that at that point. But what if we lose and Sphere has rights? Well, then all of the Damages, all of the issues relating to breach of contract are based on Griffin's conduct. So let's say we litigate that and I win and the debtors win. Is that res judicata collateral estoppel against Griffin? I would say I shouldn't have to litigate that again. And this is the conundrum that we have. It's I can see it's a very complicated, complex issue. But I think the way to slice through it, have the defendants respond to the complaint, we'll deal with it in the appropriate briefing, either a motion for stay, a motion dismiss, whatever they file, and we can have an appropriate schedule based on that. What we shouldn't do is go down a path that would generate two different types of lawsuits about the very same operative nucleus of facts. They're they're virtually identical. The conundrum that we have is what do we do about Griffin? And if we win, we don't have to lit- we don't want to have to litigate against them again. And that's really the driver at this point with, you know, hopefully emergence around the corner. We don't have, we're making reserves for these claims. We don't have to have them resolved before emergence. We just want to have it done once in front of you with all the facts and the parties in one place. And that really at the end of the day is what we're asking for, Your Honor. Vacating the schedule in the um, contested matter, consolidating it with the adversary proceeding, and then have a schedule for them to file whatever motions they're going
1: to file. So, Mr. Secretary, let me just ask you a couple of clarifying questions, at least clarifying for me. Um, what? Yes, when everybody appeared in front of me in October, everybody was telling me how important keeping deadlines was. Um, and it, this fear of litigation was mentioned, but I don't remember hearing about Griffin and potentially this adversary proceeding coming up. So what, what type of timetable are, you know, are you thinking may work? And two, you know, what what thoughts do you have about I guess what what's, I'm sure um, Sphere is going to tell me is that, you know, not, now we're going to open them up to a whole other round of discovery and a whole bunch of bunch of expenses when there was a scheduling order saying they were ready to go in January. So how do I and you can take them up in any in any order. Yeah. I just want to know kind of what your thoughts are with respect to kind of preserving what's already happened in terms of scheduling and, and you know, assuming there was a schedule, you know, kind of how quickly do you think all these issues could get teed up?
2: Sure. And look, all, all fair points, obviously, Your Honor. And I think, you know, the debtors, like any litigant, and look, litigation is a contact sport. We, we weren't you know, let everybody know what we were thinking, but, but clearly when things were coming together with the planned mediation discussions and we kind of started to see where things were going to go, me candidly, without getting into details about obviously attorney-client discussion, we were thinking about, well, what about the claims that we have and what about we have these contracts with Griffin, we need to do something. So we were thinking about it, but it would have been premature for anybody to stand up and frankly at that point it wasn't a done deal what we were going to do. Uh, to say anything about it. So I totally appreciate that there were schedules out there, and and, uh, this motion is to vacate that schedule. But I I think the way we were looking at it, putting aside for a moment um, Griffin's apparent desire to arbitrate, our thought was, look, this discovery does not go to waste. We both subpoenaed Griffin. They produced documents. Frankly, if anything else we did with Griffin would be maybe some interrogatories and – uh, request for admission, but it's not like the documents we produce to Sphere, and that Sphere produced to us, get thrown away and we start over. Like we have them in relativity, we can easily just produce them to Griffin. And I can't imagine with very, very small pieces of evidence on maybe the damages, maybe on some more Griffin issues, it's the same documents. It's not like the issues all of a sudden change. They're the same issues. So I really don't I don't buy the argument that we have to start over because we don't. We both have the documents. We give them to Griffin. Griffin's already produced documents to both of us in response to subpoenas. So, I mean, frankly, I would say they should file. I mean, if they're due the 21st, if they need a short extension, that's fine. They should file whatever motions they want to file, and we'll, we'll brief them as we would any case. So, the discovery is not lost. Yeah, I'm sure people prepared binders to take depositions, but that's not really prejudice. I mean, we, we did, too. But nobody took a deposition. And this is important. We think it was the right thing to do to not go down the path of depositions first and then file the adversary proceeding, because that, that would have been a mess, because then Griffin would have had rights. So nothing's really lost. So I, my one of my answers to your questions is nothing's lost. The discovery is there. And can be provided to Griffin. And in terms of like the schedule, I would treat it like any other adversary proceeding. They should file whatever motions they want to file, or frankly, just file an answer and let's litigate. But then we could have this wrapped up, I'm sure, in three months. If if putting aside the motion, the motion practice I concede will add some delay. But if we just had a straight up litigation at this point, we already have a head start with the documents that were produced. So I, I don't see it taking that long from ready-to-go or starting discovery to a trial taking more than three months. I hope that answered all your
1: questions. No, no, no. It did. It did. I just wanted to try to get a feel for you know, whether, this was, whether you all were think, contemplating kind of a, a February-March or a July-August trial date with respect to these matters. I just didn't have a good feel for timing. And, and what yeah, I'm thinking long
2: like long. April, April May. I'm, I'm sorry, Your Honor. April May. I was thinking something
1: like that. Okay, okay. Let me hear from Sphere. Thank you,
0: Your Honor. Um, I neglected to mention. Oh, actually, actually,
1: Mister Mister Wolf, just one question. Sure. I, I, I'm looking at my notes here. I had one more question for Mister secretaries and then I'll, and I'll. I'll turn to you and I'm going to ask you all the same question. So, so, so December 18th happens, you know, December 19th. Are you, are we all smarter on December 19th or, or do you think not? In other words, in terms of kind of where the state of play and have kind of the way that pieces are going to get moved on the chessboard, are, are we all smarter on December 19th um, or, or, Or not?
2: Uh, Well, unless the parties, and I don't want to put the lawyers on the spot, but unless they're going to tell me, like right now, that they don't think the contracts are executory, then we will have solved, and they're not going to file proofs of claim for rejection damages, then we're not smarter in the sense that we know what they're going to do. But we we have removed one more potential issue, which was Fears' point that, apparently we've been withholding miners that they asked for. So that that would be mooted and then the the miners get picked up by whoever, you know, we, we would say Griffin and then Griffin can do whatever they want with the miners and so then they'd at least be out. We'd have that done, Your Honor.
1: And assuming that goes away then what's left to try from with respect to sphere?
2: Well, the, the, you're talking about just this uh, contract rejection point.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So if if Griffin were to say today that their executory contracts, they take the miners back. There's no rejection damages. Then we would not have that issue of rejection damages in front of the court. We would still have like the meat of the fight, right. which is basically spheres. Uh, um, you know, proof of claim. But my guess is, and I'm not going to speak for the other parties, that they're not going to tell us that. They're going to say at a minimum that they're reserving the rights to bring rejection damages claims and or fight us on um, whether they're executory. And then the same issues that are involved in fighting those damages claims are the issues that are involved in the sphere of proof of claim.
1: Got it. Thank you. Mr. Wolf.
0: Sure. Um, thank you, Your Honor. And I, I was remiss before not mentioning that also present in the courtroom is um, Ms. Trompeter, who is Sphere um, CEO. I'm also joined by my associate, Wahol um, Srinivas, who I think will be um, putting a demonstrative up as I speak, if that's OK, Your Honor.
1: I'm sorry. Who do I turn it over to? Uh, I, I'll be talking, but um,
0: we'll be putting up a demonstrative while we talk.
1: Oh, I, that's what I'm saying. Who, who do I give the – is it Spheres presenter? Uh, Rahul, Rahul Srinivas. If you don't know, I help. I, I got the video. To work. Sorry.
0: Pardon me. This is
1: actually hard.
0: We could also hand, we, we could also hand up a, a printed copy, and I could just direct you as I go, if that would be.
1: Your Honor, I do have a printed copy as well. If you'd like me to hand it, up, but also, but on the screen, I think the person has uh, named themselves Sphere Presenter. Okay, that helps court. Ah, uh, I see. So. Yep, yep. I I saw them a second ago. Let me find them again, and I will give them the, the power. And,
3: um, we may be uh, doing. Oh, power. I see
1: it. I see it. Yep. yep. Person put both names up. Like you can find me either way. Hold on.
3: <laughs> Always prepared.
1: Um, would you <laughs> like you. A, a, a? Yeah, if you, you got, got a handout, com- that'd be great too.
0: Okay, and also before I really get into the meat of things, as a housekeeping matter, I move all the exhibits that are exhibit listed to evidence for purposes of this hearing and record only. And those are um, docket numbers 1482-1 through 30 in the main case and docket numbers 20 through 24-1 through 30 in the adversary proceeding. And since we we had this one time before, I'll give my friends on the other side the chance to do the same before I get into
2: it. Yeah, Your Honor, we, we really don't, we have a relevancy objection for the emergency motion. Uh, uh, these documents really don't, I mean there's some back and forth from the, our discovery disputes which are not before the court, and then some documents from the case about the merits which are not before the court. If, if the court wants to take them for purposes of consideration, we don't think there should be in evidence, because uh, they're not evidence relevant to these proceedings, but if the court, now it's not a jury issue. If the court wants to, feels that it has a, a benefit from looking at them, that's fine. But we don't think they should be in evidence.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not going to admit them into evidence, and they're to prove them up anyway uh, in the courtroom. So, um, but I, it's okay. I, I, I want to make sure that Mr. Secretary, it sounds like you're, you're, you're okay with me looking at them for purpose of consideration, but not into the record. And I think that serves the same purpose.
0: Correct. That's why you're
1: right. Thank you.
0: All right. Um, so, Your Honor, I'll just begin with Mr. Secretary begin with a short background. I'll just begin with a short background in our view of the case, and then I'll jump to the motion. So, our perspective is that over the course of a little over half a year, we have provided core with $35.1 million in deposit funds in contemplation of future hosting services. And core recognizes the deposit payments for revenue, the court does not recognize this payment as actual revenue unless and until it delivers hosting services. Core also, Core has provided, although we've provided 35.1 million dollars in deposit funds, Core has provided about a few hundred thousand dollars, maybe a million worth of services, and before it made clear that we no longer uphold its end of the bargain and host our miners. And it's undisputed that Core has retained the bulk of the deposit funds. So we're talking 33 to 34 million dollars without delivering those services, which remain sitting on their books as deferred revenue. And the other issue that's going to take Paramount in the case is court also plugged in Sphere's miners as its own and used them to mine Bitcoin for its own benefit. We say wrongfully taking at least 500 thousand dollars for itself that it should have gone towards Sphere. Um, these are questions that should be addressed at a trial, and you'll be ultimately deciding whether court is entitled to a $33, $34 million windfall at severe expense, and as I'm sure your honor is now aware, it was in our briefing, and you have likely read the court transcript and the briefing and the motion for summary judgment, court actually moved for summary judgment on what it viewed as the dispositive issues in the case, namely whether there was this assignment and whether certain limitations of liability would have reduced Spears' claims to the point that it really wouldn't have been worth it to prosecute the case. And the court denied that motion for summary judgment after complete briefing and a hearing on the merits. And so here we are. And turning to the motion, our position is that these are issues It should be addressed at trial in January 2024, which is exactly what court asked for. And you mentioned at the beginning the importance of meeting deadlines, and we have taken those deadlines seriously, and we don't think our adversary did for strategic reasons. I would start with slide 12, and given what was said to the court during the summary judgment and scheduling hearing, Sorry,
2: the next one, please. Twelve, Your Honor, would it be possible for them to send us this deck so we can at least go through it and not have to rely on the flip? Sure. We're happy to do
1: that. Yeah, why don't we do that? Um, but, Mr. Secretary, why don't I then step off for about five minutes, make sure that you've got it, and maybe you can, um, Council, can also send it to Miss Hardy that she's got it. She can, so just so she's got it, uh, it sounds like she's got a hard copy here as well. Um, why don't I come back on in five minutes and then just want to make sure that you, everyone who needs to get a copy of it can get it and we can go through it.
0: Sure, and we'll send it to Dennis as well.
1: Alrighty, Thank you. I'll come back on in five minutes. Okay, we are back on the record. Mr. Seccherides, I just want to make sure you got the deck.
2: We have the deck. We've had a chance to quickly peruse it.
1: Okay. All righty. Let's proceed. Mr.
0: Wolf. So, we saw with slide 12. Given what was said to the court during the summary judgment hearing before your order took over, and given the course of the proceedings, we were very surprised to receive the unilateral notice from course counsel last week the depositions, the that should have begun this week two days ago, and the trial scheduled to begin in two months would no longer proceed. with Justice, slide 14. What we were also surprised by was that some of the things that we read in my adversary's motion did not account for their prior positions before this court. Again, before Your Honor took over this case, in which my friend on the other side glossed over in his presentation, during the August 7th hearing, my adversaries informed the court the trial should be completed, Your Honor, this month, by December, but it just has to be, and I mean has to be, completed by January, with all the expedition and expense that entails, and that we have already borne. And my adversaries were clear that a trial in April 2024 was a non-starter. Now we're in limbo, Your Honor. Maybe we have a trial in March. Maybe we have a trial in July. Who knows? And it's is a real problem for us. And it's not even clear that Griffith would be ready to have a trial in April or May or July. And it's unlikely they're even going to be a part of the case, given that their case is likely to be sent to arbitration or at least will be subject to pending appeals. It's an issue from our planning purposes, and it's also an issue for our CEO, Ms. Trumpeter, who has been scheduling her treatments around the trial date. She had originally her, treat- her next treatment scheduled for April. Now, with the-, with the pendency of this motion, she's looking to see if she can get that push back to January. It's not clear that she will be able to. She's on a waiting list. Next, if we could go to the next slide, during the hearing, the court asked that my adversaries would be pursuing any other actions, including for damages against Griffin or Spear. And I'm going to quote what the court said before you took over. You're objecting to the proof of claim. And so if you win, you're not pursuing anything else. You're just done with that. Is that right? And my adversary's response was that they would not be pursuing another action that would mess up the schedule. Yeah. My adversary continued, and so if we won, at the end of the day, all of that, that would be it. We wouldn't pursue be pursuing anybody else for money because we'd be resolving that issue here in this context. That statement is ignored in my friend's brief, and it's ignored in my friend's presentation. And if we could go to the next slide. Again, during the hearing, before you took over, the court explicitly asked whether it made sense to join Griffin to the proceeding, because there's worried that adding Griffin later might result in the exact situation you're in—that it would just mess up the case schedule. My adversaries explicitly said they did not want to add Griffin to the proceedings. Now we're hearing a whole lot of mumbo-jumbo about how they're terrified that they're going to have inconsistent results if the question—if the contracts are declared to be executory or not Release that. It's speculative that either party, Griffin or Sphere, is going to seek. And during the course of the proceedings, to account for Ms. Trumper's health, we explicitly asked if trial could be moved by two weeks to the week of January 17th. My adversaries initially refused and only have relented when we made clear the severity of Ms. Trumper's situation. But, Your Honor, the situation was never about moving the trial date a matter of months. It was always about an adjustment of a few weeks, given what they had said about the urgency of completing this. And there is no reasonable explanation for the delay in filing. I haven't heard it. You haven't heard it. In their opening brief, they did not try to offer any sort of brief explanation. Instead, they offered an explanation that I've never heard and I don't think any court has ever said would be good cause, that they wanted to try and settle the contested matter and apparently, plans would possibly file an ad hearing proceeding if they couldn't secure a settlement. And, Your Honor, the reasonable conclusion is they never took the expedited case schedule seriously. And the reasonable conclusion is that CORE was trying to exhaust Sphere's resources, which, because Sphere is publicly traded, CORE has known to be limited. Your Honor, they have our $35 million. Those are $35 million we desperately need. And, Your Honor, this is about as bad as it gets. Court used the case schedule as a weapon to try and extract the settlement from us. Now, having gotten the expedited schedule it, wa- it wanted, Court does not get to rewrite the case schedule because, keeping your eye Your Honor, Court is willing to settle, but just for a bit more than Court has offered. And, in fact, Court has just never given a resolution a serious chance. It has refused several invitations to mediate before Judge Isgrave. We offered to mediate on August 11th, 2023. Corr said no. Corr did not even make a counter offer to us until late October, which belies the notion that they were just trying to settle this and would have filed the adversary proceeding earlier if only they had been able to settle this action. This interpreter proposed mediation on October 26th. Corr said no. And although the parties were not that far apart, we again proposed mediation on number 6th court said no, and we finally proposed mediation on November 17th, and instead of mediating, Cole reacted by filing the adversary proceeding. Your Honor, this is not the conduct of a party who's looking to find a reasonable settlement. A mediation does not necessarily only push them up, it may push fear down. That's why parties mediate. And after we made clear in our brief that the settlement point was nonsensical, They shifted tax and arguing it was simply the cadence of the case. My friend on the other side has said, um, you know, we were speaking about this in October, but I can't reveal anything because of attorney client privilege. This is just a post hoc explanation, Your Honor. This court explicitly invited this proceeding in August, and my adversary knew the efficient thing to do would be to file it immediately. They're seeking a break on the case. They, in fact, opposed moving the case schedule on October 25th. At the same time, they were telling Your Honor that they take scheduling seriously and that apparently they were considering this adversary proceeding very seriously. Now, setting aside setting aside motive, which we think is highly relevant, let's put up slide 18, please. The fact remains that the adversary proceeding and contested matter are in very different places. And the case law is clear that that on its own is ground to maintain the present schedule and retract the motion. As your honor knows, the case is on the eve of depositions. They were supposed to begin on Wednesday, and the trial is less than two months away. The adversary's proceeding is just getting off the ground. My adversary makes it sound like discovery will be minimal. Perhaps if it were just Spear and Griffin, or excuse me, Spear and Core living which it, against each other, that might be so. We will need to serve additional discovery on their new damages claims, but as as my adversary said, that will not be the most burdensome thing. However, the presence of Griffin makes this different. Griffin will need to serve interrogatories and will need to respond to interrogatories. It will need to serve RFAs and will need to respond to RFAs. Griffin responded to a subpoena and made document productions pursuant to a subpoena its obligations were accordingly much smaller than it would have been if it were party. Griffin has not disclosed its search parameters to us. It has not filed a privilege law. These are things it will have to do. There would be, and my adversaries, they can say, well, we'll just accept Griffin's production. I don't know that we would, Your Honor. There is likely to be cross-motion cross discovery. So all that's a way of saying is, there will be a substantial delay, and if there is significant delay, fear will suffer prejudice. We are deposition and trial ready, and as our adversaries know, because we're publicly traded, short on resources. We need the contested matter to go forward, and we need to know whether the claim will be allowed or disallowed. And because the schedule was expedited, we incurred additional expense and had to front-load those ex- expenses on the expectation that we would just have an expeditious trial and we made business decisions to prioritize this litigation over other revenue generating activity. The court asked for an expeditious schedule and it's fair sticking stick to it. And at bottom, your honor, granting their custody relief would reward gamemanship. We've been preparing for depositions and trial preparation that is going to go out the window due to the passage of time. Meanwhile, CORE will have achieved its apparent goal of delaying depositions while we incur additional costs. And Your Honor, I think discovery has gone well for us. I don't need to go into the merits on that because all you need to know is that court proposed dropping motions for summary judgment. That's not something defendants do if discovery is going well for them. And court cannot seriously believe in this adversary proceeding which only seeks $100 million in damages. Parties don't sit on those types of claims if they think they are worth something. Of course, it would be relevant to all the creditors to have known that CORE had these apparently great $100 million claims that are going to be collectible. That's very relevant to the state, especially when CORE is saying it does not have any money to pay out its creditors and said must pay them out through equity. And there's certainly no reason for them to have delayed assuring the claims against Griffin, given that they believe that that's who they are improving with, and a settlement with fear would not have resolved their claims against Griffin. And finally, Your Honor, I, I just want to address this argument about efficiency. The efficient thing to do would have been to support the adversary beating at the outset when the court invited it. And because Griffin intends to for arbitration, there will be no efficiency gain. If Griffin prevails on its motion, the case will be sent to the arbitral forum. Accordingly, there will be one case against Spear in this court and one against Griffin in the arbitral forum. If it loses, Griffin will have the option of seeking three levels of appellate review, district, district, and Supreme Court. The proceedings will be automatically stayed during that time. The case against Griffin could drag out for years. I'm not sure of the exact um, the Supreme Court's decision in the Coinbase DLC case is very recent. I'm not sure if that will also mandate a stay against as between sphere and court as well if the case is consolidated. So win or lose the motion for arbitration, there will simply be no efficiency gain. Now to maximize efficiency, what we've proposed is that the court defer consideration of the adversary proceeding and any offset issues until trial and instead at trial deal with the allowance issue and the amount of the allowance. Maybe this prompts the parties to finally do what they should have done at the very beginning, which is mediate. But no matter what, it will focus and streamline deficit and trial. It'll reduce the it'll reduce the the matters in dispute. And if we have to have a second proceeding down the road, so be it. We're prepared for it, Your Honor. And in sum, I urge you to reject
2: course of custom relief.
1: Thank, Thank you. Uh Mr. Saccaridi, I'll give you an opportunity to respond. Do
2: you want me to do that now or do you want Mr. Tracy to receive sort of oh. ask with me and half
1: them? Um... Oh I apologize. Mr. Tracy. I I'm sorry, now I can see all the cameras again. I apologize. You may, you're Tracy, you may be on mute. I don't know if I've unmuted your line. If you can just hit five star. Oh, there you are.
3: Your Honor, I think my line is now unmuted. I can hear you just fine. Great. Thank you. I apologize for technical difficulties at the outset and wasn't able to uh, make our appearance. I'm Dennis Tracy from Hogan Levels with my colleague Richard Wynn, and we represent uh, Griffin Digital Minds. Thank you for having us.
1: No worries. Please, anything you wish to say. Um, I I, I uh, I'll
3: be brief, Your Honor. Um, as you know, Griffin entered into the um, MSA agreement with with Core. We specifically negotiated to assign that agreement to Sphere. That was the whole purpose of it. Um, we then entered into the um, sub-license and delegation agreement, um, and pursuant to that Sphere uh, deposit of the $35 million. Um, And so um, we, um, we um, are leaving it to Sphere to uh, litigate that issue, um, and um, we've recently been brought into the case. Um, first thing we did, of course, was to Asked for mediation of both parties, um, that request was not responded to, and shortly thereafter, the adversary proceeding was filed. Um, we, um, as as we uh, informed the court, uh, the MSA under which is the contract under which the adversary proceeding was brought, has a very broad um, arbitration clause which requires that. Uh, any dispute relating to the MSA uh, must be brought in arbitration in Seattle. Um, and uh, the parties having agreed to that, we, we intend to move to compel arbitration. Um, and um, that said, uh, we have no objection to the continuation of the, um, the, the claim by sphere and the resolution of that by the court. Um, but any, any claim by four for them, uh, against Griffin must be resolved in arbitration. Um, and, um, I, I would say the, the last thing is, uh, with respect to the, uh, executory contract, we have not, um, uh, taken any position on that and aren't prepared yet to, to do that. Most of those discussions have been between the parties. Uh, but uh, at the request of the debtors, uh, we can certainly jump into those conversations and uh, do it through council going forward.
1: Thank you, Mr. Secretary.
2: Yes, thank you, Your Honor. Uh, first, let me start with uh, you know, I, I we didn't want to get too into this, but uh, we do object to the serious accusations and the gamesmanship. I mean, this is, as Your Honor knows, Chapter Eleven do have a cadence. And in August, it didn't make sense to do it. It made sense to do things in November. So I'm sure the court knows um, how things operate. There was no bad faith intent. This was a litigation. And we had different set and bigger fish to fry in August than we do now. But I think the bigger issue is, what do we do now? And I just heard Mr. Tracy say he wants to have Spears' issues decided by Your Honor. Well, if Spears' issues say that Griffin breached the contract, then he's bound by that. So we have to figure out a way. I'm not going to litigate against Sphere and win. Let's say this, this is the first I've heard that, that the purpose of the MSA was to assign it, that, that the facts will not bear that out. But even if Sphere has rights, we then have defenses that they were breaches, and the breaches were by Griffin's conduct. So if we prevail at a trial and some rejudgment motions get denied not on the merits, it's because there are fact issues in dispute. That's why we didn't think we should have a summary judgment motion because there are fact issues in dispute. But if we have a trial with Spear and we win that there was a breach of that contract, I don't want to hear from Griffin that they weren't there or that they're not bound by that. That's our concern because that's what's at issue on the Sphere POC. It's not just that they entitled the money back. We think they forfeited that money. We don't think they're entitled to that money, and we think we have claims and defenses with respect to that. So if we win, what's Griffin going to do? I haven't heard anything about that. That's our concern.
1: Understood, so let me just and just note um, november twenty fifth there was a emergency motion to vacate the scheduling order in the sphere contested matter and to consolidate the sphere contested matter with the adversary proceeding that was filed on november twenty first and a fine. So certainly a court proceeding today, uh, and I have jurisdiction to resolve the issue. The court has considered, um, the arguments of, of counsel. Um, there have been a number of documents that have been not admitted into the record, but have been used, quite frankly, what I'll call as demonstratives to kind of, so the court can take notice of the record as to kind of where we are. Uh, note, um, there is currently a scheduling order in place um that contemplates a trial uh in the sphere matter in the as a contested matter in in January um based upon what, what I've heard I'm going to make a couple of I'm going to am going to rule on the issue and then I'm going to make a couple of observations um uh, I'm going to deny um the emergency motion we're going to stay on the the schedule that that we are uh it's been currently scheduled that way I I I I reject. Um, and I don't find any bad faith on by bringing the motion. I don't. I think cases are complicated. Cases always have moving pieces. Um, people don't always have to tell judges what they want to do and when they choose to do them. Um, and I think um, certainly the data said every. Right to, to bring the motion to, to seek to vacate. And, and there really is an efficiency argument here. Uh, and there's also kind of a practical, um, ramifications, uh, as to what happens because they could have legal consequences for parties who aren't involved. And so, um, I, I think there was a good faith basis to, to bring it. I just think we're, we're so far along, uh, into the scheduling as to where things are, where a trial was scheduled to begin, quite frankly, originally in, about 30 days, uh, and now it looks like it's just going to go in to the end of January. I think the schedules should continue on along that path. There's a lot of unopened doors. Um, yeah, I think we need to remain unopened now in terms of and kind of what a scheduling would look like if, if you know, taking a briefing on arbitration, potential motion practice, this could easily uh, slip. Into the middle of the year, uh, and and I want to make sure that this case stays on on the tight timeline. I reserve the right, however, to revisit if it starts to look like, um, if, you know, things make a lot more sense later down the road. Uh, I think we'll all be a little smarter in January. I reserve the right, but I I will say this, and I I I am only saying it because it's said. If if you know, I I intend to take the trial up. Um, Intend to try to rule on this, uh, if I can, right there at the hearing. If not, I'm going to make very detailed factual findings and those, the legal effect of, of those findings will have whatever they are. So I'm, I'm I really want the parties to, to really focus on making a robust evidentiary record because I'm certainly going to be expecting it, uh, if we have the trial in January and the legal effect of what those are will be what they are. I think with respect to the, uh, I don't want to comment on motions that I haven't seen, so I will reserve all rights with respect to Griffin and the arguments that could be made with respect to arbitration. I appreciate the heads-up that it's coming, um, and I think it would be uh, – it, it I ought to reserve everything until I read something uh, on those points, so I think we, we stay on the schedule that we are, that we're on, um, but if, if it starts to become highly impractical, I, I – I reserve the right to kind of come back and, and revisit where we are, but I think the depositions that are scheduled should go forward, um, and let's just stay on the schedule, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, see where we go.
2: Yeah, Your Honor, on that point, we, we never had a – but we have a, we have a schedule that has a trial date. I moved in, in the interim, and we don't have an actual revised order. So I think we'll, we'll either have to yeah. talk among ourselves because the there is no actual schedule right now, so I don't, and I'm not suggesting. I hear what you're saying. Um,
1: no, I, I know what you mean. You you, you want to yeah. lock some dates in so, so that, that, I, I it, that. I got it. I got it. I think it makes a lot of sense. I was gonna end by saying I hope the parties can kind of work together and try to figure something out. If not, then then Monday we need to all get get back and 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 I'll just I'll make the call if we have to.
2: Right, because either, either, and I'm just talking out loud here at the risk of doing that, either we're going to leave, leave the trial dates in with 30th through the 2nd, whatever it was, and then work back from there to get the depositions done between now and some reasonable time in advance of that. Or, and I'm, again, like Don, I don't want anybody freaking out that, you know, maybe we need to move that a week or two to make up for the depositions. But We don't have to decide yeah. that today, but hopefully counsel.
1: Uh, uh, I think that's right. Here. I think that's right. I think I think that I think that's exactly right because you know we have got to look at schedules and we got to make sure that it it makes sense uh, in light of kind of where we are. Um, so I don't want anyone to, you know, I, if you y- all get together, and, figure it route. out. I will make the time. Right. I I will lock it out. I I'm, I won't be the holdup uh, in terms of my scheduling on that. So let's just figure out what makes sense. I want to lock things in by no later than Monday. Uh, and if there's an order, I won't get in the way of it, um, but if we need to, um, and I will just tell parties, for, for the contested matter, unless there's a kind of a, a real reason why someone can't appear in person, um, I just think all the witnesses and anyone who's going to examine the witnesses, I, I want you here live. Primarily, I just, it, it, the technical issues sometimes come in, and I just want to avoid all of that to the extent uh, possible.
0: Your Your Honor, we will meet and confer with um, our adversaries promptly and open weekend if need be. And um, if it it is the case that in planning it, we need to add um, two weeks, I'll need to talk to my witnesses and make sure everyone's available. Um, But we were playing on everyone being in the courtroom.
1: Okay. Um, No, no, I'm just throwing throwing it out just so it's it's really clear kind of the the way I think this should play out. Um, So I would ask if someone can just... Quite frankly, if the parties, Mr. Wolf, Mr. Zachary, if someone, you can email my case manager on Monday. Let me know if we need to schedule some time, um, for, to kind of hammer out some dates. If you need time of the court to do it, just Monday morning, just, just email her or email her on Sunday or Monday and let her know. Um, and we'll, we'll figure out a time on Monday if we need to kind of get together in the afternoon to, to talk. If not, I'll, I'll let the parties work through the issues, but it's just a kind of a heads up.
2: Okay. That's Thank great. You. We Alrighty. might have a few just by um, uh, deposition, so we'll see. We'll set that up, you know. They obviously won't be live, but they'd be non-parties.
1: Okay. All right, folks. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Oh, okay. Ms. hold you, on God. hold on a second. Ms. Hardy wanted to tell me something.
2: Your Honor, uh, Jennifer Hardy of Volke farm on behalf of the Official Unsecured Creditors Committee. Uh, I just wanted to give uh, the court a heads up. Um, as you heard at the disclosure statement hearing, the committee still has an ongoing objection uh, to the plan, and we serve discovery promptly after the disclosure statement hearing. Uh, we have one party that uh, we still have a remaining uh, discovery dispute with. Uh, we do expect to have to file a motion to compel uh, in front of your honor um, perhaps as early as today, and we'll reach out to Ms Aldnya to um, get a, a hearing date on that on an emergency basis. We would likely ask for something early next week because uh, the
1: confirmation hearing is three weeks from today. Okay. And just depending on the time on that one, I will, if, depending on when you file and depending on when I set it, to the extent someone needs to appear by video on that one, I'm, I'm fine with that because it'll be done on an emergency basis. I don't want someone, but I got it. I appreciate the heads up. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. I'm going to just give everyone, I'm going to step off for two minutes and then I will come back on with the 10 o'clock. Thank you.